Welcome to the Black Moon Lilith Rising podcast. The energy of the dark feminine is rising. Are you ready to reclaim your power? Understand the power of the dark mother of creation in astrology, Lilith. It's time for the world to recognize the power of dark feminine energy and how you can use it to heal, transform, and create the magic in your own life. Hello, hello, hello. I'm so, so excited to hop on for my first solo episode in a long time. If you have been listening to my podcast for some time now, you know what's up. But for those that don't, I have a few announcements before I get into today's podcast episode, just to update you, let you know a little bit about what's going on, and invite you to also check out the first episode of this podcast if you are new and this is the first episode you're listening to because it'll give you background into Black Moon Lilith as an archetype and what this placement means in the birth chart. So I'm not going to go into any background information on Lilith today. So I invite you to pause this episode if you want, go get some background information in the first episode and come back to this one. So yeah, I'm so excited. I feel like I'm back kind of because I have been writing not one, but two book manuscripts this year. So it began around in, in December of last year. And yes, I have created a card deck, an Oracle card deck, and also a book. So I'm so, so excited about both of these projects. They're with a fabulous publisher, Hay House, and the tentative launch date is fall 2023. And so I just submitted the second manuscript a couple weeks ago at the beginning of December. And the process is no, it's not over at all. We're still there's edits to do. We're currently going through illustrations with the card deck and design and all of that. And there's all of that to do with the book as well, too. So we're nowhere near done. But this was a very time consuming part of my work this year. And of course, on top of uh, creating these two projects, these two books, working and creating content for all of you, doing my regular business on the side, readings and other columns, things like that, events. So there has just been a lot going on. So I wasn't able to post as many podcast episodes as I wanted to for this year because I started this podcast literally around the time that I received the book deal. So talk about timing. So now that the manuscript is, we're more far along, I definitely am going to have way more time in the new year. And I'm so excited. I'm going to be more present, but I just want to give you all an update. Cause if you've been following along, you know, I've been writing the book for some time and it's so exciting to have that part of the creation process wrapped up. So Today's episode is very, very exciting, and this is the first time I'm doing this type of 
horoscope episode. And I really thought this would be a great treat for everyone to go over the major transits for next year. So this is a 2023 horoscope show, and I'm going to discuss these major transits. And this is just going to be for the collective. And then I also am going to do a collective tarot energy reading after we talk about the astrology. So this is something new that I'm I'm adding on here. And I'm also adding more tarot into my monthly horoscopes that I offer for free at LilithAstrology.com every single month. So I figured I'd add tarot into the podcast. It'd be super fun and a great addition. It just gives you that extra layer of information in, in my practice to what's going on in the astrology. I'm just like, I'm always so speechless when I do tarot because I'm literally like, it's mirroring the transits and what I'm saying for the astrology. So those are the two things we're going to focus on during this episode. And it's just going to be me. So I've done a bunch of interviews and I was like, I have not gone on solo. And now that I have more time and It's just like the perfect opportunity to announce that I'm back, you know, and to do this episode alone. So a couple more announcements that I have before we get into this horoscope. So on Black Moon Lilith Collective, this is my private streaming community. We will be streaming yearly 2023 horoscopes. So this horoscope is going to be collective. So I'm going to go over the bigger planetary transits like Saturn in Pisces, Pluto in Aquarius, some of the eclipses. We have the nodes changing. I'm going to go over those important things in this podcast for all of you. But in my 2023 horoscopes, that is where I'm going to dive deeper. So in my 2023 horoscopes, not only am I going to talk about those important transits, of course, but it's going to be for each of the 12 zodiac signs. So it's going to be even more specific than just talking about the collective. And I'm going to dive more into things like the Mercury retrogrades. We are going into Mercury retrograde towards the end of this year and starting 2023 off with Mercury retrograde. And I'm not going to go over it in this podcast. That's something I'm reserving for the premium horoscopes available to members of Black Moon Lilith Collective. So those are, I'm currently have those wrapping those up and those are going to launch probably around Christmas. I'd like to launch them before Christmas for everyone to purchase and join the tribe, but join the tribe if you want to gain access. So those are going to be launching soon. And if you love this horoscope, and you want to know what's in store for your Zodiac sign, join us. And one thing is like, you'll have access to all 12 signs as well. So not only can you watch for yourself, but a friend, lover, your parents, your family, your coworkers, whoever signs you know, you can cross watch. And not to mention, you can also watch, it's going to be based on your rising sign also. So if you've been following me for a while, you know that the rising sign is everything when it comes to horoscopes. But you can also watch your sun and your moon sign as well and get even more information about the year ahead. So very great value. I also have a special offer going on. The code is Lilith20, L-I-L-I-T-H 
20. And you can use this at lilithastrology.com. You get $20 off either your monthly membership if you choose that plan, or you get $20 off your annual membership with this code. And you can check that out on lilithastrology.com. So that is super special. And you can basically, you can try the tribe. You can check out these yearly horoscopes all for $24 for the first month. That's a fantastic value. So Lilith 20, and you can check that out on the website. And we'll definitely put a link to the codes in the show notes. So if you are on the streaming platforms like Spotify, you can check those out in the show notes as well. So I'm so excited also that I am, as a result of having more time to devote to readings, I have opened more sessions for 2023, get them while they're hot. And right now I have them available and you can check the link out via the show notes as well. You can check that out at lilithastrology.com and there you can click book a session and you can see the available platform to book a video call with me. And you can dive even deeper than your zodiac sign. You can take it a step further and look at your own chart and the year ahead for that and see what's specific to you. So check those out if you're interested. And if you listen to this podcast, you also can watch us on YouTube. I've been meaning to say this. So if any of you listen to this on Spotify, uh, Google, Apple, you can also watch the episode on YouTube, head over to Lilith Astrology. That's my name on YouTube, show notes as well, and vice versa. So if you are one of, on one of the streaming platforms, you can head over to YouTube and you can watch me as well. So super, super excited about this episode today. So we are going to dive into the important planetary transits of 2023. So what does that mean? So how is this different from a sun sign horoscope? Like Aries, this is what's happening for you this year. Taurus, this is what's happening for you this year. This is basically looking at the sky, looking at the important transits that are affecting the collective and translating that so that you can understand the general astrological weather and how to navigate it. So your experience as an individual can be tweaked and different than what the collective is experiencing, or you experience a microcosm of it. So basically it's like with COVID, all of us experience something like COVID over 2020, right? We have different experiences within that collective experience, but that collective experience was still extremely important. So that is what we're going to go over today. And that is what I'm offering and my intention with this podcast episode. So Let's get into the major transits of next year. So one major transit that I really want to talk about is Black Moon Lilith moving into Leo. So this happens on January 8th. So Black Moon Lilith moves into Leo. And we've been experiencing Black Moon Lilith. And this is the main Black Moon Lilith also. I have to specify that as well. So when I look at collective transits of Black Moon Lilith, I like to look at the mean calculation. So this is the average of Black Moon Lilith's oscillations throughout the month. The moon is 
a has a wobbly orbit. It's it's not it's very erratic. So basically when you take the mean, it sums up all of that wobble and basically streamlines that information and I believe, and this is through my own practice, that the mean is a great way to understand how black wealth will affect the collective. So you can find this setting if you look at transits. Um, you can find this as a setting in the calculator. I use Astro Gold for all of my astrology. I'm on a Mac. So just a pro tip if you want to look at how Black Moon Lilith is transiting. So Black Moon Lilith, we've been experiencing cancer for some time, Black Moon Lilith and Cancer. And well, for nine months, basically, that's the orbit of mean Black Moon Lilith. And it's so interesting mean because it's not mean in the sense of the emotion. It's mean as an average, like in math. So I want to also specify that for folks that I don't just mean like mean, mean Lilith, ah, terrible mother, dark, dark mother. No, <laughs> Mean as in the average of the oscillation of the point in space. Go back. Remember, we're going to go back to the first episode if you don't know what I'm talking about because I'm not going to dive too deep into the technicalities of Lilith. We're going to be talking about the transit. So I just want everyone to know that. So Black Moon Lilith is moving into Leo after nine months in Cancer. And the reason why I say nine months is because and this is something that I talk about in my book a little bit, well, a little bit, a lot of it actually, but I'm going to talk about it a little bit today. I'll give you a little sneak peek that Black Moon Lilith in the average and the mean calculation takes around nine months, sometimes a little less, but around nine months to move through a zodiac sign and then takes nine years to move through the zodiac give or take a few months. And it's really interesting that number. And, you know, the astrology of it, we can look at the archetype, we can look at the astrology of it, but nine is so fitting because with Lilith's archetype, one of her, her myths, one of the earliest forms of her spirit was a, a child eating demon. She was a female demon. There was fear built into her in children, uh, fear built around her, excuse me, in society back in those days, back in those ancient times, that she was this baby killing monster and that we should be afraid of her. And then her evolving into the scorned woman, Adam's first wife, et cetera, et cetera. But this number nine has to do with the human gestation period. This is how long it takes for a baby to develop in the womb and be born. And it's really interesting that number, that gestation period, and when we think about Lilith's archetype as this baby-killing evil demon, and even when we get to Lilith and how she shows up at, in her human form in the Talmud and these ancient Kabbalistic texts, basically when she shows up in her human form in, in the first man and woman, she also was then turned into a baby killer. So there was this terrible dark mother archetype that she carried through eons and this misunderstood dark mother archetype. And that really aligns with the number nine. So I wanted to mention that, mention number nine. Number nine also in numerology, we can think about completion. We can think about, it's a very spiritual number. 
And we can also think about the gestation period. We can think about also just the representation of how Lilith has to do with transformation, life, birth, rebirth. And during a Lilith cycle, you can experience that. If say you have Black Moon Lilith back in the place it was when you were born, if say you are natal Black Moon Lilith, you have this in your birth chart, you're experiencing a death and rebirth. And you're experiencing a death and rebirth in the area that you have Black Moon Lilith. So definitely take a look at that in your chart. That's not something I'm going to get in too deep into in the podcast, but I wanted to mention this transit. And I'm going to be talking more about it in my private podcast on a deeper level. And you'll know where in your chart it's happening for you in the not private podcast, um, in my yearly horoscopes. I'm going to dive more into that transit. But that is what it is for the collective Black Moon Lilith. So now let's just talk about Black Moon Lilith in Leo and, and how that's going to play into for the collective. So January 8th is when we move into this energy. And in Black Moon Lilith and Cancer, just think about the dark feminine and think about the energies that were evoked during that time period. One event that really stands out to me with this past Black Moon Lilith and Cancer transit that we experienced in 2022 is... Iran and the women that were basically the woman that was killed, she was murdered for not properly wearing her hijab and by the morality police and she was taken into custody. And basically people in Iran protested. People are dying. Women are dying and shaving their heads and protesting all of this, which is very unheard of. And that's so Black Moon Lilith and Cancer energy when you think about the archetype of Lilith as a defiant woman, basically raging against the patriarchy. And Cancer is the mother. Cancer represents femininity. Cancer also represents the 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 matriarchal leadership of the world. And so Black Moon Lilith really enraged a lot of that during that transit. So now let's think about Black Moon Lilith moving into the sign of Leo. So Leo represents children. It represents creativity. Leo is ruled by the sun. And Leo also, it's, it's a... It's like, let's just think about the sun, you know, the sun is the center of the solar system and that's the energy of Leo. And so Black Moon Lilith in Leo is really going to bring out, I think, very rebellious and unique art. I think we're going to see a lot of movies and stories and themes in the arts around the dark feminine, demonization, racism, oppression, just these themes that are very Lilith, I think are really going to come forward. And maybe we'll get more of a rougher edge when it comes to music, people being more raw in their emotions. Next year is going to be an emotional year. We'll get into that. We'll get into those transits shortly. But Black Moon Lilith and Leo, we're really going to start to see unique forms of expression coming out. I think if you have this in your chart, it's going to bring about the themes of where have you allowed others to dim your light? Where have you allowed others to block your light? And I think that in in the terms of the collective, when it comes to Black Moon Lilith and Leo, I think a lot of you are really going to want to break out of the bounds of what society says your creativity should be or how you should shine your light or how you should even parent because Leo rules over children. Even education, we even see with COVID and 
a lot of the school system in the country that I'm in, because that's the best I can speak to, these are all major issues. And we can start to see radical forms of education or people taking alternative forms of teaching their children during Black Women Wealth in Leo next year. So these are just some some collective thoughts, not individual, but that's what we could see with Black Women Wealth in Leo on a collective scale. So another aspect I wanted to actually kind of pull apart and, and touch upon. And I, this is the only aspect I'm going to touch upon for, I say that a lot, touch upon. <laughs> it's okay. I'll use a different, I'll use a different one. So the one aspect I'm going to talk about is Venus conjunct Neptune. And that's the only one I'm going to mention during this podcast for the year. I am going to talk about more in my yearly horoscopes. But this one I really thought was worth mentioning because this is just a very rare energy and it's also a beautiful energy. It's a lucky energy. And let's talk about how dreamy this is. So Venus, the planet of love and money and romance and all things, it, it just makes things easier. And it's, it's at home. It's in its exaltation, which means that Venus is really like at peak Venus <laughs> in Pisces. Venus is extra dreamy, extra romantic, and can thrive in Pisces. Will form a aspect with Neptune. This is very rare because Neptune takes, it's like 16 years in one sign for Neptune. So we've been experiencing this for some time. But this is a very rare connection. And we're we're only going to experience Venus forming a connection with Neptune while Neptune is in Pisces. And we're getting towards the end. We're in the last bits of Neptune in Pisces. So this is like something to definitely take advantage of. If you are into the mystical arts, into spell work, into setting your intentions, manifestation, this is February 15th. And I think this is a day to do that. This is a day to practice magic. This is a day to tap into spirituality. In terms, let's let's get off the ethereal path, but in terms of, of society, this is a really interesting connection in the sense that I can see that like weather patterns could be a challenge. Weather patterns with water could be a challenge during this aspect. Pisces is the ocean. Pisces rules over water. I mean, during February, we always have those crazy storms. We always have challenging weather patterns, especially if you live in areas conducive to that. So that's something to think about. And then also, this is a sudden burst of luck because Venus is forming a connection with Neptune. And then I think this is like breakthroughs in creativity as well on a collective scale. So if any of you do practice, um, art or music or dance, or you do something on the creative realm, this is like a breakthrough day for people who are in these fields and definitely tap into your creativity on February 15th, because this is a powerful aspect to do so. So the next important event I'm going to talk about is Pluto moving into Aquarius on March 23rd, 2023. And this is going to uh, last until around 2025. We have some retrogrades with Saturn, 
but Saturn is moving into Pisces. We have been experiencing Saturn in Aquarius this almost this entire pandemic. So I'm looking forward to Saturn skedaddling a little bit out of Aquarius. We've experienced restriction in the collective. Aquarius rules over humanity, the collective, large groups. We have been restricted. Saturn rules over restriction, limitation. And we have experienced that fully. And that started, it was like 2020. We did also experience Saturn in Capricorn as well in 2020. We had that transition. So Saturn has been at home for a couple of years now. We've had Saturn in Capricorn. Saturn rules over Capricorn. And we've had Saturn in Aquarius. Saturn rules over Aquarius. So when Saturn is at home, like with I was explaining with Venus, when Saturn is in a, a, a sign, it thrives in. We are really experiencing Saturn. And we really experienced Saturn because we literally were on lockdown for some of Saturn's at-home stay. So Saturn rules over restriction. Saturn is about the boundaries of reality. So when you know what's interesting about Saturn is Saturn is an ancient planet. So in astrology, the ancients, they only could go by their naked eye until the modern planets were discovered using technology. And that first one, it was Uranus in 1781 was the next one that was discovered after Saturn. So that's really, that's just powerful, you know? So Saturn is the last planet that you can see with the naked eye. So it's the boundary of reality. So Saturn's like the table that's my desk here that I'm sitting at doing this podcast. Saturn is that reality. It's the foundation. It's the steady table. And Saturn also is, it's associated with father time. And it wants to show you the, that wisdom comes with age, that wisdom comes over time. You have to work hard. You have to put in the work. You have to make tough decisions. You have to learn lessons in order to improve and to make your life better. So Saturn is like the strict father. And basically, wherever Saturn is moving, we are going to experience lessons. If you're having your Saturn return, if you're going to be age 27. So ages 27 to 29 is your Saturn return. If you have Saturn in Pisces in your chart, you're going to be having your Saturn return. If you are in, you, it's is every 27, 29 years. So you could be in your second Saturn return. You could be in your third if you're lucky. So basically Saturn, every time it returns, it intensifies those lessons. So I'm sure a lot of you, if you think back to when you're 27, 30, if you're not having your Saturn return, you know, this is, this is the truth. This is like literally it. So basically that's Saturn in a nutshell. And Saturn is moving out of the restriction of its own sign in Aquarius and, and <clears throat> releasing some of the restriction around us. You notice we're not in these lockdowns anymore. Um, not to say that the virus isn't running rampant, but we're not as restricted anymore as we're getting out of this Saturn in Aquarius energy and into Saturn in Pisces. So Saturn, when Saturn is in Pisces, think about Pisces as a zodiac sign. Pisces rules over the spiritual realm. It rules over things like viruses and hospitals, 
Um, it rules over creativity. It's a water sign. It rules over feelings. It's how we feel. It's our emotions. And Pisces are a mutable sign. And it's just really about, it's like, just think about the ocean. There's, it's formless. It, it takes the form or it, it, it's, it needs the vessel and it, it, so that it can actually be, it can really disperse on itself. And that's the energy of Pisces. Pisces is transcendence. And when we get out to the energy of Pisces in the Zodiac, this is the 12th sign of the Zodiac. This is the end. This is where we transcend off into the spiritual realm. So Saturn is now breaking through boundaries. Saturn is breaking through all of our boundaries and helping us to transcend out of our own self-limitation, out of society's limitation, and really release what has been dimming our light, what has been dimming our creativity and dimming our emotions and allowing us to really tap into that power of ourselves as a collective. I think that there is going to be a revolution in things like healthcare. I think we're going to really start to see like our country, we can't just keep having the health system that we have in the United States. Of course, I live here, so this is this is what I can speak to. But I'm sure that I just read about it and and, and watch it all the time on the news how other countries have health care for the masses, and we don't have that in the United States. It's just a different system, and it's a very broken system. So. This is going to shine a light on that during Saturn in Pisces. And I could see the government maybe taking some steps to helping the collective and maybe even helping the collective worldwide on a health front. Pisces rules over service, self-sacrifice. These are like the health professions are very Piscean, like nursing, doctors. This has been a challenging two years for those that work in those industries, but these are very Pisces ruled things that Saturn's going to come along and revolutionize because there's going to be the realization that there needs needs to be change. There's going to be pressure. There's going to be, it's like we are going to have to change this or else our sit, like we're all going to suffer. So there's going to be more of a hyper-focus on um, taking care of the the masses, taking care of of everyone else, like not just the people at the top. And we can also say that as we move into Pluto and Aquarius. So Saturn moves into service sign of Pisces and we've got Pluto moving into Aquarius March 23rd, literally a couple of weeks later. So I think the combination of these two, these are two heavy hitting planets. And when they shift like this, Pluto hasn't moved since 2008. So now we have this coming. This is like overhaul, big societal change. Like I said, with the health system and, and Saturn and Pisces and overall people like therapy and emotional health is going to be at its peak. People are going to be more seeking more of the spirituality as well, seeking more of that and breaking the boundaries that people feel around that. This also can be a time where it's like big societal changes, like I was saying. So Pluto in Aquarius, I totally just went on a tangent with that with Saturn in Pisces. Pluto in Aquarius changes a couple weeks later after Saturn in Pisces. And Pluto moves on March 23rd. And this is until 2044. So this is 
even longer than Saturn in Pisces. But Saturn in Pisces with Pluto is going to kick off complete revolution of society on a global scale. Not even just the United States, but on a global scale. And Pluto is the planet of change, transformation, destruction. Pluto is the lord of the underworld. It's like Saturn is father in time. We got father time here, breaking our boundaries and transcending our souls, literally during Saturn in Pisces. And then we've got the lord of the underworld who's here, who's like, what is no longer serving society? We have got to break this down. The last time, so like Pluto takes years to go back to the same placement it was in. So it's about, it's like over 200 years we haven't experienced this Pluto in Aquarius transit. And, you know, we had the founding of the United States. There was the Industrial Revolution. All these technological changes happened during Pluto in Aquarius. So now we are going into that during March, which is wild. And I'm here for it. And I talk more about it on a deeper level in my yearly horoscope. So definitely want to get them while they're hot and join the tribe. So moving on from Pluto and Aquarius, we then, I'm, the last events I'm going to talk about that are super, super important. And these are not the only events, like I said, these are, these are just the top, top ones I really wanted to address on this podcast episode. We have the nodes changing and we have a new eclipse cycle starting. So we had the north and south nodes in Taurus and Scorpio since November 2021. So this is an 18-month eclipse cycle in the signs Taurus and Scorpio. So if you are a Taurus and Scorpio, those dates mean something to you because you've been through it this past 18-month cycle. There was a lot going on, some good, some, some challenging, and transformational, right? So the signs are changing. You are going to have a couple more this upcoming year, but Aries and Libra, you are on deck for complete life changes. So I'm calling this the Martian eclipse cycle because literally there are eclipses in two of the Martian signs. And then I'm also calling this the Venus eclipse cycle. This is like the Mars versus Venus eclipse cycle, basically, because we've got Aries and Scorpio both ruled by Mars. And then we've got Libra and Taurus both ruled by Venus. So it's very like, I totally could see like this really exacerbating the um, whole male, female gender war that's going on um, on social media, just with basically women blaming men um, for the challenges with dating, men blaming women challenges with dating, going back and forth. We've experienced some of that. It's like mostly on social media, you know, and, and now I think this could even exacerbate it even more because this is like the Mars versus Venus. Men are from Mars. Women are from Venus kind of vibe. Just a little thought on that. But I'm calling this like the Mars versus Venus, Martian, Venus, Venusian eclipse cycle because all four signs we're experiencing eclipses are in those two rulerships. So super interesting to think about. But basically, we enter into this new eclipse cycle. So we have a, the first eclipse in Aries at 29 degrees on April 20th. So this is a solar eclipse. 
And a solar eclipse is when we have complete darkness and it's at a critical degree at 29 degrees. And Aries is a, is the spark of life is a cardinal fire sign. So this is just sudden change, swift change for Aries. This is super important for you specifically. And this is wherever you have Aries in your chart. And Aries also represents like, it's like the spark of life and it's change. It's like taking action. Um, and then we've got the uh, lunar eclipse in Scorpio on May 5th, soon after that. So that is wrapping up. This is the last eclipse that we're experiencing in Scorpio, wrapping all of that up. So Scorpio, that last six months of 2023 are going to really put the finishing touches on the life changes that you have experienced. Same with you, Taurus. All the, the upheaval, the, the death, the ego, ego death, the sometimes physical death, all of that that happened to you during this eclipse cycle is going to finish out during the last six months of the year for those two signs. And then we've got the nodes changing on July 18th. So the North node moves into Aries. It was in Taurus and the North node is our karmic direction and also dictates the eclipse cycles. You cannot have eclipses without the nodes of the moon, which a lot, not a lot of people know. That's what separates new and full moons from eclipses is the nodes of the moon are involved. And basically the nodes of the moon, they are not planets. They are points in space and they are the um, crossing point between the sun and the moon's path between, or I should say the moon's orbit and the sun's path. That is where they intersect. And that's where they are going to be for the next 18 months. So we've got that nodal shift and the North node is the direction that the collective is looking at. This is where you are going to be focused on. This is like the big point of life change for a lot of people. And it's going to be intensified if you are in Aries and it's also going to be intensified if you have Aries placements in your chart. If you've got Jupiter, Jupiter is going to be in Aries all next year. That's going to be a big activation of luck. This is also if you've got Aries angles like your ascendant, your IC or your descendant. If you've got the north node in Aries as well in your chart and south node in Libra, this is a big activation of life change for you as well. And then the South node will be in the opposite sign from Aries Libra ruled by Venus. And basically the South node is what you have to let go of and shift. And this is going to be for the collective and Libra represents things like relationships. Some of you may release a relationship. Some of you, a relationship could change and shift. Some of you, it could deepen. But this is on a collective scale. Of course, it depends on your own chart. And then Libra rules over things like justice, equality. Libra is also things like beauty standards, beauty, the physical, art. So like I said about Black Moon Lilith and Leo, we are going to have some rebellion in beauty standards, what we think is beautiful, what we think should be in the spotlight, art, what we think is good art or what we think is positive for aesthetic industries. So those things are up for changing. So if you work in an aesthetic industry, this is an important nodal change for you. And basically Aries represents the self. So people are going to be focused on becoming themselves next year, not focusing on what other people think of them and what the audience views of them. It's now time to really let your light shine and allow the true you to come through regardless of what other people think and releasing relationships are people that are not 
accepting of this you. So that's the new nodal cycle that is kicking off. And that's July 18th. So then we've got the solar eclipse in Libra. And that is October 14th. So that's right after the notes change. And that is the start of the eclipse season for the fall. So we've got two eclipse seasons a year. And Libra kicks off the one in October. So now Libra, you are on deck as well. That's activating that south node. So there's going to be complete change, Libra. You're, you're going to have to shift where you have Libra in your chart. You are going to shift as a person if you have a Libra sun. There's going to be the need to really eliminate something in your life. Something is going to need to be removed in order for you to embody who you truly are. So that's important to note. And then the last eclipse of the year will be October 28th. And that is a lunar partial eclipse in Taurus. And that is also ending that Scorpio Taurus eclipse cycle we've experienced since November 2021. And that is going to end the fall. And basically, this is also going to really peak the changes of our financial markets. So I'm bringing that up when I'm talking about Taurus eclipse, because Taurus rules over material our resources, raw materials, food, sustainability, the environment. And there's been a lot of grief and, and, and people protesting and really like trying to get the system and get governments to understand how we are treating all of the resources around us and how we need to change it. And the markets have been going through a lot of challenges as well globally and food shortages and things like that. So that all was highlighted during this Taurus Scorpio eclipse cycle. And basically next year, that's going to intensify and that's really going to be in the spotlight. And that's because of this eclipse cycle, but then it's also because of Pluto and Aquarius transforming society and Saturn moving into Pisces, transforming our consciousness about these things and really wanting to change things to serve others and to serve the collective and actually shift humanity. So this is a, a year of rebellion. It's a year of rebellion. It's a year of change and coming into your true self, embodying who you are and doing it, just, just not allowing other people to dim who you are, dim your light. So 2023 is a, is a pretty big breakout year. So now let's get into the collective tarot reading for the year. And I actually chose the Rider Waite Smith deck. Yes, I said Smith. <laughs> the Rider Waite Smith deck. And I just want to mention Pamela Coleman Smith, who is the illustrator of this deck and also creator of this deck. She was commissioned by the fellow mystic A.E. Waite, who, whose name has really been associated with the deck, but we include Pamela now because she wasn't just the illustrator. She also really did a lot of the psychic channeling and creation of the archetypes in it, literally, this is the best selling deck in modern tarot. So I wanted to mention that and she was a woman. So it's really, and I think it's not proven, but it is speculated that she was biracial. She did grow up some in Jamaica was from London originally. And that's what they say. But I just think it's really interesting because people, a lot of people use this deck and we don't know the background of who created it and Pamela Coleman Smith. So I was mentioning that, but I did use her deck 
2023. And I pulled eight cards. So I'm going to go over each and how this is going to play out in the collective energy ahead. So the six of swords. So this is a card that is exactly what it looks like. This is like, we have been through so much, which we have as a, let's think about collectively. Okay. Let's not think about on an individual level, collectively, what we have been through COVID pandemic wars, all kinds of things. There's all kinds of, of just challenging things, having to wear masks, like all the things we've been through over the past couple of years. It's like, we are moving on from that. We are moving through that. I think a lot of people, like, one thing that has been a something that has is is very rampant in the collective is just refugees and people escaping wars and people escaping conflict. And um, this is going to increase. This is going to be a challenge for the collective. You can really see that in, in this card. So I really wanted to bring that issue up. But a lot of people are going to be feeling like I'm, I need to run away or I need to get away and escape from just everything that we've been through over the past few years. So it's really interesting. I picked the full card. This is giving um, Aries energy. It's not technically it, the emperor is Aries energy in the major arcana, but the fool is very Aries like because it is just fresh. It's green. It's like, I am jumping off this cliff. I don't know where I'm going. I'm new. Everything is great. The sun is shining. Nothing's wrong because they, they're fresh. They're new. You know, they're, they're the fool. And the North Node is, is moving next year. And the fool is really like embodying that energy of stepping out into this fresh new you, into who you are and just jumping off the cliff and allowing what to happen to happen. So I also picked Justice. And again, this is so interesting because Justice is actually Libra. This is the Libra card in the Major Arcana. And Justice is the South Node. So the collective is going to be focused on legal matters. We can see the government. We can see focusing on that. There's things like elections uh, in 2023. Like this is going to be the, the legal system is just going to be top of mind for the collective. And then also equality. Like I said, with Black Moon Lilith, just the equality in terms of not only for women, but justice for the world, health justice, social justice, equality for the world, like everyone being able to be served. Like that's the whole purpose of the government. It's not to take, but to actually serve the people. And that's going to be a big focus and topic for the collective. And again, this money thing with the economy. So this is the card of just hardship, just trouble, like financial trouble, financial challenges, just feeling like out in the cold. This is again, this is like, I mean, you can turn on the news and this is on the news. Like I'm not like, <laughs> this is, this is not any pie in the sky, but this is the five of pentacles for everyone listening. Um, I'm actually doing a visual version of this on YouTube. So if you do want to see the visual version of the cards, head over to my YouTube channel and you can watch the episode as well. But basically, this is the card of just not having enough. And a lot of people are going to be feeling that next year. You can see this on the news with the economy. 
and homelessness, the rise of homelessness and people being on the streets and just the less fortunate or, or just the housing bubble bursting and just worldwide the amount of debilitating and, and wrong poverty that exists when there's people who have billions of dollars and could literally help the world. And I, I want you all to know, too, like this reading is not actually uber like sunshine and rainbows. I'm actually I'm literally like I'm going to channel what is up next year for the collective. Um, I do have to say, though, that my rising sign horoscopes, the ones that are on Black and Loath Collective, they do actually they tap more into a specific sign. So I do comment more on every day. Um, life energy. So this is for the collective. That's why it's very challenging because next year there's, there's a lot of, of world issues that are going to go down with Pluto and Aquarius, especially around our money and our, our, our economy. And things are going to be going to have to reset and change. And so this is going to be on and the collective. So don't be disparaged. You guys thinking like, oh, my life is going to be terrible next year because of this collective forecast. This is the collective. Like I said about the analogy with COVID, we all experienced COVID collectively, but we each had our own experiences in that. So again, this is like, this is just giving, ugh. and you guys know how I feel about politicians. Like, I mean, it's just one big theatrical show, but this is what we're seeing here with I mean, this is, this is going to be, it's going to be a wild one. It's going to feel like, am I watching a reality show? Am I watching real life? Am I getting like, it's like, we're going to be like, I'm voting for a mixed bag or it's like, I'm not really getting what I want. You can see here. So I picked the seven of wands and you can see there's some great stuff in these cups, but there's also things like, what is that? This is like a snake. I don't want that. So there's going to be like a mixed bag when it comes to public leaders, um, when it comes to elections. I'm speaking for the United States. We can even say that even worldwide. There's there's elections going on constantly. We can even say that with the leaders worldwide, that they're going to be um, not going to be 100 percent with us. I mean, they never are. But this is just the card of illusions and receiving a mixed bag. That's just like. And then I picked this, too. So this is a this is a card of theft. This is the seven of swords. I think in general, it's just great to be cognizant of your digital information and things like that. But Pluto going into Aquarius, there could be some digital challenges. Uh, maybe like there's so much fraudulence that's going on all the time on the internet. Maybe that could be something that becomes rampant in society. People deal with credit card theft and fraud and things like that. It's just like the swords is very air energy. Another thing as well that this card is telling me with next year is like basically other countries too. This could be like an information war. I mean, we already have like the TikTok stuff brewing with like China. And basically I think they're trying to ban it because of information, but our information is very important. And you can see here, it's like stealing it. So that could be something that's a topic for next year or how to secure your information and make sure that you are safe in such an information age and in the time of technology that we are stepping into for Pluto in Aquarius. 
But yes, the seven of swords. So be careful with that. And then I think just in general, this is the card of just using discernment with people, making sure you watch your back in general. But that's what you should be doing in the world anyway. And this is also, this could be politicians stealing too. There could maybe be some, there could maybe be someone outed and we could, we could finally receive the truth on something negative and thievery that's been going on in, in politics. I'm going to, my mind keeps going to politics because I, I just feel like that it's such a collective thing. It affects everyone, but this is like a vibe I'm getting of just like pulling the wool over people's eyes and taking their stuff. And then the last couple cards I got was the page of swords and the five of rods here, well, wands. But this is just like fighting. It's the card of conflict. This is like, yeah. I mean, we've had so much conflict on a global scale. Let's look at Ukraine. Let's look at, I mean, on any given day, Afghanistan, there's just all, a lot of things going on all the time. So this is another theme that we are going to see on a collective scale. Pluto again in Aquarius revolution fighting. I'm not saying we're all going to be running out of muskets and it's going to be straight up revolution, but this is a revolution of the individual. This is like, again, we see page of swords here standing on his own. This is the revolution of the individual people fighting to be themselves or to be amongst other people. Um, I think fighting to take up space, but this also can be just on a global scale. Society's fighting with each other. And this is like some toxic masculinity kind of vibe here where I think also we've got the North Node in Aries. I think a lot of the masculine is going to have to face themselves during the next year like our leaders that have been starting wars that are unnecessary, like Vladimir Putin, people like that. This energy, there's going to have to be some lessons. We've got Saturn, you know, as well. Pisces channeling this energy. It's like this conflict is really going to come up and just shine a light on like, listen, we've got to make changes for the world. We've got this going on. We've got this going on the deceit and the lies. It's it's like we now we've got to make a change. So that is the collective tarot reading for the year, just overall energies. And we can just layer that on top of the transits and just see how we can navigate that as a society, as a humanity in the year ahead. So thank you so much for listening. And I cannot wait to see all of you in the new year. I encourage you all to visit lilithastrology.com. I am going to be back in January with my free monthly horoscopes on the coven, our editorial section. So make sure you head over to our website, subscribe for email. So you can also get a free gift and you can get on my email list and you can be notified when new things launch. You can also shop the offer for a membership to the Black Moon Lilith Collective Tribe. And not only am I launching yearly horoscopes, but there are hundreds of hours of horoscope content. I do a full moon, a new moon horoscope every month. We have meditations. We have guest workshops. We just did a human design workshop, tarot, 
We have different, we have just did a Pilates class, a lot going on at Black and Wealth Collective. And it's a community that is focused on empowering you every single week. And there is new content every month. So not only are you getting yearly horoscopes and you can try the tribe for just $24 for your first month, you also are going to get gain access to a ton of my premium content. So I will see you all on the next podcast episode. This has been so much fun. I love coming on here alone. I should do it more often. See you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Black Moon Lilith Rising podcast. I invite you to discover LilithAstrology.com and sign up for email to receive my free guide, an alchemist's guide to Black Moon Lilith. Until next time.